Hello and welcome to the inaugural edition of TGen Talks. I'm Mark Moran. Translational research, the movement of laboratory discoveries into new drugs, devices, or therapies toward improved patient benefit, forms the cornerstone of the work conducted at Translational Genomics Research Institute, more commonly known as TGen. Since day one at TGen, the goal has always been to champion the use of an individual's underlying genetic profile to guide clinical decisions, whether preventing, diagnosing, or treating disease. Matching each patient with the appropriate therapy based upon the underlying biology of his or her specific disease, which leads to a higher percentage of patient benefit while lessening unnecessary toxicity and time spent on ineffective therapies. By identifying treatment options in this manner, medicine becomes more rational, more precise, and, well, more personal. Joining me today is TGen founder and its president and research director, Dr. Jeffrey Trent. Welcome. Glad to be here. TGen formed in June 2002 on the heels of the first-ever sequencing of a human genome project you were a big part of at the National Institutes of Health, and it was during that time that you saw firsthand how the Human Genome Project was changing research in medicine. What was that like, being a part of that? It was unquestionably an exciting time. It's one that I saw the introduction of new tools, simpler methods, and uh, really which led ultimately now to smarter treatments. Well, it was in the 1950s that Jim Watson and Francis Crick discovered the famous DNA helix. And there are almost three billion rungs of DNA in that ladder of the DNA helix inside each one of our 14 trillion or so cells that have a nucleus. But really understanding the structure of DNA is different than knowing every single one of those letters, uh, all three billion. And that was the Human Genome Project's goal. It was a remarkable, epic time in medicine, uh, certainly a one of the major areas on par perhaps with the medical moonshot, uh, but really left us with opportunities that we know we'll be understanding and reading that information as a major textbook in medicine for the next hundred years. So TGen's forming, you have a vision for what the Institute looks like. Walk me through that setup and as a follow-up, touch on how that vision has sort of changed and evolved over the 15 years. Well, I think it's done more than we could have ever imagined. Uh, TGen was, uh, without question, one of the first efforts of its kind, whether in Arizona or any other state. There have been a series of institutes, Broad Institute in between Harvard and MIT, Institute for Systems Biology up in the Seattle area and others that uh, have developed models that are similar in some regards uh, but in terms of its commitment and focus so much on really bringing genomic discoveries into clinical reality, uh, there's probably not been another equal to, to TGen. What makes TGen unique? We're probably best known for work in the area of cancer, and probably half of the scientists and physicians at TGen focus their effort on a variety of cancers from the most deadly pancreas metastatic melanoma to uh, really rare cancers that only affect uh, children or uh, in certain cases, you know, uh, cancers that um, in lung or others that are, you know, might be m more common. 
So we really have a, a range of investigators focused on various diseases. In most cases, again, the tools and technologies that sort of undergird TGEN's efforts uh, are applied broadly across those. And then we have a large number of investigators working in the neurosciences, uh, particularly around memory performance, both normal memory and abnormal memory, for example, in Alzheimer's uh, disease. And then we have a group that are focused on the metabolic disorders, diabetes, of course, as one of the keys, and some of the autoimmune disorders as well. So we have a, a broad range of interests in, um, that, that go all the way from the microbe uh, to, uh, to man. Human biology forms the foundation of much of, of your work, as you've described, and that today falls kind of under a heading of something called omics, which I take encompasses more than just genomics. Most of us think of genomics as just being a study of the DNA, those bases, those three billion letters in our DNA alphabet. And that's a really important component. Again, a single letter change out of the three billion letter alphabet can uh, lead to a disease or a disorder, can tell us whether or not we're going to give a specific drug or not give a specific drug. So being able to read your DNA, read any changes, for example, in a cancer cell, understanding how those changes might affect the use of a drug or not the use uh, of a drug. That area of genomics is important and is here to stay, uh, certainly in the area of medicine. But there are so many other of these, quote, omic tests. Those are uh, different uh, efforts that we have to understand what, what's called the epigenome, for example. Those are changes that affect DNA but don't affect the change in one of the DNA bases. Uh, these are important for certain cancers, particularly, for example, brain cancer, but a number of other diseases. Uh, and there's a series of other of these uh, omic tests, proteomics, the study of our proteins, the uh, a number of others. So collectively, we just refer to those as omic technologies, and all of them ultimately are important to think about how we integrate them together to better fit uh, and best help a patient. Speaking of technology, how do you think that's helped accelerate the pace of research and in turn patient care? Sharper tools and simpler methods has, has a profound effect on how fast and that we can get a discovery into uh, patient benefit. And so we do have investigators very focused on cutting-edge technologies, but also it's turned out that TGen, because we're so close to the clinic, but we have such a great group of, of scientists, means that we have a lot of companies bring their new tools, their new technologies, their new approaches to us, and we frequently apply those across a variety of diseases and disorders. Clinical partnerships are vital to translational work, uh, and today a major thrust of those partnerships is what's known as precision medicine. What is that? Most of us think of personalized medicine or what's frequently called precision medicine as getting the right diagnosis and the right drug. It's therefore the right treatment to the right patient at the right time, sort of being a definition really understanding the molecular changes before we make a clinical decision, whether it's preventing, diagnosing, or treating a disease can uh, certainly help us and guide us in a significant way to make medicine more rational, more precise, and, and more personal. 
Do you ever feel like you're searching for a silver bullet when you talk about precision medicine? Whether you want to call it a silver bullet, an Achilles heel, to really shoot at that monster of cancer, we search through the genomic information in hopes of finding a change that can allow us to leverage, for example, for a patient sitting in front of us today, an existing drug, perhaps used in a different indication uh, that might benefit them. And when we see those, it is uh, euphoric sometimes. And it is incredibly uh, exciting. It's incredibly disappointing sometimes as well. With the advances come some challenges, I'm sure, and perhaps one of the most pressing is how to handle all the data that's generated when a person's genome is sequenced or when you have large studies that produce billions of data points. What's TGen doing to handle big data? So when we sequence a patient's uh, cancer, uh, we are usually sequencing around 90 billion data points. And then we have to sequence that about 100 times when we look at hundreds to thousands of individuals over the course of the year. So we literally have uh, petabytes of uh, data uh, at, at TGen. The supercomputing resources we have are extraordinary. We use over... A, a million CPU hours uh, a month. Here we are 15 years down the road since TGen was founded. What do you think the future of patient care looks like 15 years further down the road? Well, I don't think we're going to be able to say that, that our iPhone is our primary physician, but we are going to keep our genomes on our iPhones or galaxies or whatever that is, that it will be common at birth for data to be generated and kept both for medical information, but also for a number of aspects of uh, planning. I do think that we're going to predict disease uh, far more early, which is the key for many of the cancers that we look at. We're finding ways today, you read about them all the time, to edit DNA to, for example, correct some changes that, that may be uh, present in, in certain of our cells. Uh, and we're going to see more and more of that. How does your affiliation with California-based City of Hope affect your mission? There's no doubt that uh, working with the City of Hope is simply a you know, milestone moment for TGen and provides us a future that we think really will bring more hope to more patients. This 115-year-old medical center has had its focus on cancer and is among the leaders in the world in really using your own immune cells to challenge and kill, for example, cancer cells. Uh, this is the, the future of everything we're doing today in modern science and medicine. And so if you take the work at the City of Hope in the immune area and now you combine it with the really important undergirding of genomics, so you get a sense of why there's so much of excitement of uh, physicians and scientists working together. Dr. Jeffrey Trent, thanks very much for joining us today. All right, thank you very much. Dr. Jeffrey Trent is founder, president, and research director at TGen, the Translational Genomics Research Institute. TGen, an affiliate of City of Hope, is a nonprofit biomedical research institute based in Phoenix, Arizona. Learn more at tgen.org. I'm Mark Moran.